BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to episode three of The Promised Land, a show talking all things Manchester United, brought to you by the 90min Podcast Network. We're back. I'm your host, Scott Saunders, and I'm joined by football journalist and United season ticket holder, Rob Blanchett. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders and at underscore Rob underscore B. And we're also on Twitter for the Promised Land podcast as well. That's at Promised Land MU. Rob, how you doing, mate? How's it going? I'm good, Scott, and weary after a very, very busy last few days of the transfer window as we expected. But obviously lots to talk about, lots of uh, big movements or things that happened and didn't happen at Manchester United, and it'll be good to go through today. Was there anything, just off the cuff, was there anything that really surprised you on deadline day outside of United? <sighs> outside of United? Well, the fire sale at Barcelona didn't quite happen, but we'd, we'd heard about it weeks ago. We knew that, obviously, they had this huge negative equity in the football club, $350 million, um, and they had to move players out, really, for the wage bill. So... We, we saw that come in. We saw that, obviously, there was lots of talk about Griezmann and they did a kind of trim around the outside of their squad. But you look at their uh, their squad for the new season, it doesn't look particularly glamorous, does it? It looks like a team who might well struggle this season. Dream front two of Luke de Jong and Martin Brathwaite will be... Dream, uh, dream pairing, dream pairing. <laughs> firing Barca to, the, to all the titles out there. Uh, right, that's about a minute's worth of club, other club talk that we'll. Um, we're, we're just going to talk about United from now on. Sorry if we've lost you. Hopefully, we got you back in. We're talking today on on today's show, um, analyzing the transfer window for United. That is not everybody else. Um, United central midfield debate: Can this team do it? We'll talk about Jan, Daniel James to Leeds and whether it was a good deal because that's actually had a little bit of stick from the British press. Don't know if you noticed, Rob. Um, we'll talk about Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously, and then we'll be back next week as well to preview the Newcastle game, which is where Cristiano Ronaldo might potentially make his second debut for United. But we will see. So, Rob, United signed Ronaldo, confirmed it on deadline day, and sold Dan James to Leeds. Um, where do you see this... How, how successful do you think this transfer window has been for United? Let's Let's do an overview... Look at the squad now and see kind of where this team can go from here. What do you think? Well, I've been consistently describing this transfer window for United as an A minus. And the reason why it's a minus is because United didn't quite get that central midfielder that they need. I do think that a central midfielder is still on the shopping list. We hear this quite um, quite regularly from the core at Manchester United. It's not something that's gone away. It's not going to go away, even if United have a successful season. But I think when you look at the the, the signings, obviously 
I'm not going to talk about Tom Heaton. That's not interesting. But Sancho, Varane and Cristiano Ronaldo, three prime footballers who are going to make your starting 11 better, or at least you hope so. So I think that they've, they've got it right. I think when you look at the outlay for it, you know, in terms of money, it's about a million pound a week extra on the wage bill. Football fans shouldn't be particularly interested in that. But what it does mean is that United maybe have a little bit of wiggle room in the next transfer window or the transfer window after that to go find their midfielder. I think as it stood, that midfielder wasn't there. People want to talk about Sal Niguez, obviously going to Chelsea. Slightly different situation there with his pay and how he sets up with his contract. And I think Manchester United didn't really fancy it as a, a kind of loan-to-buy option. Um, but no, a, a really good transfer window from United, a thoughtful transfer window, a top defender, a really, really top future attacking talent who you think should deliver now. And of course, the greatest footballer of all time. He's been widely called that. And there's been, a, I think, Ollie's done it. Harry Maguire has done it on England duty. There's a, a swell of pro-United or, you know, United players or people who represent United really giving Ronaldo that shot in the arm, really taking that side of the debate in the Ronaldo-Messi debate and with everybody else who's ever played the game. Who's the best signing of the... of the? Let's discount Tom Heaton. And Paul McShane's come back as well, uh, but we'll discount him as well. Um, who's the best signing of the, the three main ones, you think, Rob? Who, do you, who are you most excited about? Raphael Varane, 100%. Because Manchester United, for the last two or three or four seasons, have always been lightweight at centre-back. So even when they bought Harry Maguire, they bought Harry Maguire as a ball carrier. He's a big lad. He can defend from set pieces. He can do certain things. But you still need a cultured centre-back to be really right at the very top. So go look at Van Dijk at Liverpool. Go look at what Ruben Diaz has done now in the last 12 months at City. You always need that player who's got the know-how and just maybe that little bit extra, something different, you know, something in there in terms of their intelligence. And United haven't had that. You know, United's back four have been illiterate at times going over the years, you know, looking like they can't defend, they don't know each other, good players, but never been able to find the formula. If you bring in someone like Rafael Varane of that standard, that kind of winner, that will be infectious across the squad. And he will teach players around him. You know, there's, there's lots of social media going around the last couple of days of, of his debut with uh, Aaron Wambasaka and him talking to Wambasaka and it being picked up by the microphones, him helping him with his position, arm around shoulder. So not, not a shouter, not a screamer. You know, people love a Roy Keane and love the, the bluster of a captain or a senior player. But there he is teaching this right back, who's a very good right back, what he should be doing. Now, that is going to earn United points. Now, Ronaldo will take all the plaudits in terms of the fun factor, the goals. Sancho will entertain us. We'll be happy to have him there at the club. But it's going to be that guy. It's going to be Rafa Varane that holds it together. United win the title, dare I say it. <laughs> it's going to have a lot to do with Varane being in the team and Lindelof not being in the team. I agree. Uh, on the, that clip has obviously gone round with uh, Wan-Bissaka. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was one moment in the in the game where United were really... We haven't actually talked about the Wolves game. Maybe we can touch on that a little bit. There was one moment in that game where United were pretty much on the ropes. It was just a very simple thing that I noticed Varane do. But it's something that I feel like a lot of these defenders don't have that instinct to do, which is it's something I noticed where... I think Wolves were breaking down the right-hand side and they maybe passed the ball that wide and were going to get a cross in, maybe across the face of goal. Varane, first thought, sprint back. 
sprint back. The ball didn't come come to him in the end, or I think it was inter- intercepted by Maguire or Luke Shaw, I think. But the fact that <laughs> it's such a basic defending thing, but United have been caught out so often with a ball like that across the face of goal or, you know, floated to the back post or something like that. And just seeing somebody with that intelligence, I thought Varane in the Wolves game was just overall some key headers. He missed he missed one duel with Roman Sice, I think, which is where that double save came from. But I thought he was impeccable on the day. What did you think of him? No, I agree with you. And I think also you saw in that game, you know, if United don't defend as well as they did, and, they, and you know, Wolves deserved something out of that, that match, either a point or even the three points. I thought it was... Manchester United's worst display so far this season and maybe the worst display for quite a long time, especially on the road. But what was important and what we saw was the kind of prediction, and that is that Harry Maguire still doesn't have pace. Harry Maguire will never have pace, so he needs a partner who can screen, someone who can protect. So Harry probably had maybe his worst game over, say, the last six months to 12 months, and I think that that's... That's predictable with a new partner and a new shape slightly. But what was really, really good was that his partner could get him out of trouble. And that's what football is about. If you've got a partner there, you're supposed to work together. And always for for me, you know, there's a reason why Maguire and Lindelof were nicknamed the Chuckle Brothers. It's, it's supposed to be funny, but it's not funny when you're looking to try and win football matches. So I think you look at Lindelof, I don't think he'll be back in the starting eleven for, for quite a while. And I think for Harry Maguire, I think he'll thrive now going forward, having someone like Varane next to him, because Varane is the glue that holds it together, not just the back four, but also what's in front of them. And we talk about the midfield. I'm less worried about the midfield and we'll talk about obviously United not buying a midfielder, but I'm less worried about the double pivot and those players in front of him because you've got Rafa Varane behind them. What did let's, let's do it then. What did you think? Because there was a, in the Wolves game, United were quite exposed for a long part of the first half. They did seem to maybe remedy it at half time. And into the second half, they got a little bit more control of the game. But that the fact that you, you saw Fred get in, you know, bodied, I don't want to say bodied, but even somebody like Trincao put him put him on his face. So there was a lot of concern in the in the United fan base. Why aren't we signing a midfielder? We need to sign one by Tuesday. We absolutely need to, and they haven't signed one. So do you think what do you think it was, Rob? Do you think it was a case of United not having a top target who is available for that position and they're holding off? Or do you feel like they've maybe missed out on a target? Because I think they've always known that Camavinga has gone to Real Madrid, wanted to go to Spain or to Paris, and Real Madrid has swooped in and got him. Salon Grace has gone to Chelsea, and we've spoken about him on the pod before. But perhaps these aren't players who would remedy that problem anyway. So where do you where do you stand on the central midfield debate? I think you've got to look at it from the wider perspective. So the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer project, now that we've been in for best part of three years or, or more, has uh, he spent four hundred and eleven million on footballers. Four hundred and eleven million. It's a lot of money. 
So this is not a Glazer apology or a Glazernomics or anything like that. This is about business. Anyone who works in business or has control of budget knows that you have to sometimes not do everything that you want. So I think in this transfer window that the opportunity to sign Ronaldo skewed a lot of things. I don't think United were planning to make that signature. It, it kind of fell into their lap and they had to make a quick decision and they did. And that really diverted the funds away from bringing in that midfielder. So if, if you didn't um, sign Ronaldo, there's every chance that United would have pulled the trigger on sound against. They might have looked at the, the money then and got it works. But it doesn't work today. And, and this is the, the bigger problem. Fans will never accept that because they'll just look at Fred and how garbage Fred was in that football match against Wolves. And they'll blame the central midfield and they'll blame McTominay and McFred every week and Matic and whoever they want to blame. But at some point, the manager has to make work what he's got. So £411 million on footballers, that says to me what a board would say to a manager is now go and make it work. Find it. Find a way to make it work. Because you can't just buy your way out of trouble every time. It doesn't work like that. I know fans think it does. And you can do it on FIFA and you can do it on Football Manager on a computer. It doesn't work in real life all the time. I know some clubs like City and Chelsea have a much, have that oil record of being able to go and buy whoever they want. And PSG have done it this year as well. But I think at Manchester United, we need to just let it run now. Let's see what happens this season. Because... As I just said there, I think when bringing Varane into the team, that is going to automatically improve your midfield. Your ball movement, your ball retention and getting the ball up to the forwards will just be improved. Look at the goal that we scored. Yeah, who did that come from? The assist was from Varane, basically in a deep line midfield role that he got the ball there and he play, plays a beautiful 34, you know, 30, you know, daisy cutter, 30 yard ball to, to Mason and Mason does the rest and gets a bit of luck and, and you win the football match. So, I'm not like most United fans in that sense that I don't come away from the window and think, oh, we didn't get a midfielder. But I do score it in A- because you didn't get a midfielder. But United are looking at Basuma, They are looking at Neves. And those deals might happen in January. But as I keep saying to United fans, don't hold your breath. Just wait and see what happens. And there's going to be plenty of time, Scott, we're doing this show where we're talking about midfield issues soon. Uh, still, I know that's going to be the case because it's not perfect. But even when you bring your top player in, that doesn't always fix it as well. It's more about the 11 players on a football pitch. Let's talk about expectations then, because going into the season, seeing Varane and Sancho having joined Tom Heaton and Paul McShane as well, Paul McShane behind the scenes, et cetera, et cetera. I was expecting or hoping as a United fan to just see a title challenge. But with Ronaldo arriving, there seems to be this swell of, maybe not so pro Man United pundits or journalists or, you know, all this kind of thing. Ronaldo's goal record is so good that there seems to have been an extra weight of expectation, maybe lumped on Ollie and his team. I don't, I'm kind of reassessing it myself now. I'm not really sure what I'm expecting out of this United team. And I was before the season coming into it, thinking if they could put a title challenge together, then that would be great. As long as they get top four, that is absolutely fine. If they can put a title challenge together, I think that's progress. Does Ronaldo change that? Does it have to be more? I think in terms of expectations, if you bring in Ronaldo, then you're always expected to win trophies and titles. 
But that's the expectation that comes with being at Manchester United. You know, let's be honest, the last few years, our expectations have been quelled because of what we've seen for seven or eight years. You know, multiple glory winning title managers like Van Gaal and Mourinho have failed whilst they're still being backed. So I think Ole's received the same backing in terms of numbers. You know, like I said, 411 million is a lot of money. And if you put 411 million into your team, you should be challenging for a title. So I don't feel sorry for Ole because he's had backing and now the pressure's ramped up. You know, with the Wolves game, let's take it game by game. So Leeds, fantastic. Hat-trick for Bruno. Everyone's celebrating like you've won the title. Next game, Southampton, not so good. You get a point. You probably wish that you'd won it because you had enough opportunities, but that's four points out of six. And then the next match, you probably should lose that game against Wolves, but then you've got two wins, a draw, and no defeats from your first three. So be it. That's the way it has to be. You have to be like this. You know, you have to be cold-blooded and you have to be ruthless. And it's about winning points. It's not a popularity contest. So I'm all right with it. You know, Ollie's going to get tons of stick from the popular media, the tabloids. The football club's going to get tons of extra traction because of these signings. And so be it. I want that. I want that pressure. I want to go into every match feeling that my team are going there to win. There's no more kind of like, let's be laboured and let's jog on. You know, we're not here for second or third or fourth. Top four is great. You know, if you can get there, you know, from where United have been, but we move on. You know, it's about other ambitions. It won't be good enough if United finish the season 20 points behind Manchester City or Liverpool and we've got Cristiano Ronaldo. That won't be good enough. If that happens, that might be the end of the manager's job. And again, that's that's a pressure I know that Ole carries happily. You know, he knows what this football club is about. And fans are, are, are up and down, like you just said there now. You're not sure, you know, what, what do I expect? Don't have any expectations except to win. Just go into every game saying, the mandate is to win. I want three points this week. They beat Wolves while playing horrible football, Scott. Horrible football. And you know what? On the odd week, that's fine. It happens. It used to happen under Fergie. You'd play horrible and win, get three points, you move on to the next game. That's a habit Manchester United now need to enforce. I Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. I mean, there's a lot of fans out there who are maybe expecting that there's a, a more imprinted style of play or this fancy, you know, fancy football like Man City play, keeping possession, or a style like Liverpool have. If that kind of breaks down, what United do have is in... Greenwood's case at the weekend, a person or a player who can just do it in a moment. And I think feel like United have a lot of those players. And we'll talk about Ronaldo in a bit, but there's no better player in the world probably for a moment than Ronaldo. So there's a lot of players in there who are match winners. They have a lot of choice. Cavani's staying. He's done it for United as well. Rashford's out injured. He can do it. Bruno, there's, there's so many options. And Sancho hasn't even really got up to speed yet with uh, with uh, his United career starting the first game at the weekend. I just wanted to flip flip the conversation a little bit to something that I was actually quite encouraged by, Rob. United sold Dan James to Leeds and made a profit. We don't really see this happen all that much. United bought a player who, who was relatively young with a bit of potential. Perhaps it didn't really work out. I saw his, I saw his function. Uh, he has... Good skills for certain games, but came in as a squad player, maybe thrust a little bit more into the limelight than maybe even he was anticipating. 
But United have made a decision. They've done a deal with Leeds, a big rival. But at the end of the day, United have got cash back and made a profit on a player. And we don't really see United do that all that well over the last few years. So I was, I was quite encouraged by that. What do you think of uh, Dan James's sale? Do you think it was a good deal? Um, I think the money was a good deal. No doubt about it. When you look at that, looking at making a profit on a player. But I want United to win the title, Scott. And that takes a squad. And Dan James is going to go to Leeds United and shove it up everyone. He's going to do it. Yeah, he's going to go to Leeds. Bielsa will utilise him. He'll find a way. He's quick. He has got skill. And they just need to take him over the top. I think it's a bad loss at this time of the season because there's going to be plenty of games this year where United play and we play counter-attack or we need coverage for the fullbacks. And Dan James gives you that. Now, Dan James is not a sexy footballer. Dan James is not everyone's favourite player. But Dan James gives you function and you need players that give you function. This is the technical part of the game that is not FIFA. I know I referenced it a minute ago about computer games, but it's very easy to look at Dan James. If you looked at his stats in isolation, he does the job. And we've just basically given a player away for 25 million to 30 million. That's what it could be worth because we bought Ronaldo. So that was the reason why they needed to balance some of the books. So they made a profit on this guy. And some United fans are very happy about it. But I do think there are other United fans who see the, maybe the bigger picture and say, well, you know, he's, a, he's an important squad play. He does actually play games. It's not like you're taking someone out of your picture. Let's say Donny van der Beek, who does not feature at all at the moment. You hope that he will going forward, but he doesn't. And you might have understood if they'd cashed in on Donny van der Beek, who's not touched the ball for United for a long time. Dan James started the last match and we've sold him. And even Dan James said in his kind of uh, little bit around uh, signing for Leeds United, he was kind of shocked, you know, it all kind of happened really quick. He just didn't know. It does show also that Ole is quite ruthless. If Ole needs to move someone on and he's told and they need to make money, they will do it. But I'm not as enamored by United making a profit on player because Manchester United is Manchester United. We shouldn't be bothered about making profit on players. You know, that's the glazer way of looking at it. They want to make profit. That's up to them. I want the Glazers to spend more, but I also understand why they don't. You know, that's the way I kind of look at it from a business perspective. So Dan James, good start, you know, good sale or bad sale, good sale financially, bad sale for the squad, because there's going to be plenty of times where we get injuries this year and everyone's going to say, Scott, they're going to go, oh, if we'd had Dan James this week, and that's the full stop. You know, that's where it's going to be. Um, good luck to him. You know, I think he's a decent player. You know, you said it didn't work out for him. I think he's done okay. I think year one was good. Year two wasn't so good. And I think recently, recent times, his game has improved his, his overall game. The problem is his end product. But I think under Bielsa and that kind of team, the way they play with a high, high volume pressing style, he's going to be good at Leeds United. Oh, he'll absolutely suit that. He works so hard. He's so quick I mean I've seen him enough for Wales over the past couple of years he's played actually seems to have played better for Wales in the last year or so than than he has for United yeah and say say he gets like say this year's season Scott he gets 10 goals and 10 assists right this year for the end of the season he's going to be worth 60 million pound so you know when we talk about good sales and all of this it's good for the bank balance but maybe long term you are losing someone that you spent a lot of money developing and a lot of time developing you know when we bought him into the football club from Swansea it was a long-term project you shouldn't expect high returns from players like Dan James but those players are still just as valuable as your Ronaldo's because you know they're not 
as exciting, but they can help you win football matches. So good luck to Dan. I think that, that he'll do well with Bielsa. And I think Leeds is a, is a really good football team for him. I echo that completely. Uh, I, I like Dan James. I think he got a fair bit of unfair stick uh, from fans who just wanted to see all of the the players with the, all of the fancy feet and tricks and all that kind of stuff without kind of realising the significance that he did have on the squad. I've, I've seen enough of Dan James even before he signed for United to really think he's got potential that perhaps Leeds will really get out of him. I think he's got a lot more to go. He's got a lot more um, potential to be fulfilled. And yeah, from us, best of luck to him. Uh, really hope that he does well and he carries that through uh, across the board as well for in, on an international stage as well. I want to just talk about Cristiano because we are filming or recording this on Thursday, the night after Cristiano Ronaldo became the international record breaker, the international goals, highest scorer ever, 111 goals now, I believe. And two, he missed a penalty in the game against Ireland, but two late headers to win Portugal the game after they were struggling to break Ireland down over the course of, 89 minutes. I think the first goal came in the 89th minute and he missed a penalty as well. Uh, just a word on that, Rob. Uh, incredible record. Oh, outstanding. You know, like, you know, as a kid, I can remember Brian Robson being England's, like, uh, you know, scoring 28 goals for England and people were like, amazing career and fantastic scoring all of these goals. Ronaldo scored over 100 goals at international level. It is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And what you saw against the, the Republic of Ireland for Portugal is what you're buying. You're buying a stone-cold killer. Yeah, you need to get the ball to him in the danger area. I think that's one of the first problems maybe for United. That's why you buy Jaden Sancho. He's the guy who's going to get the assists. But you look at those two goals and how he took them in the clutch moments, as I say in the NBA, you know, in those moments when you need to deliver, he didn't have a very good game, you know, for 80 odd minutes, he was, he was a bit average, you know, for Ronaldo didn't really do much. But what you did see is that he moved out to the left. He kind of moved, he, he kind of moved around the edge of the box. He said, he's not this kind of penalty box, um, uh, goal hanger. He does kind of contribute to the, to the whole of the attack. And eventually they worked it out. And those two goals, just they're the goals I love strikers scoring. Yeah. Get your head on it, put your head through your neck muscles and put it in the bottom corner or the top corner and you win football matches. So I just think for United, that's why you bring him to, to United, not because he's a legend, you know, like the legend bit sells and that's part of the, the commercialism and maybe the mystique for some fans, but you bring him at 36 to score goals. And I think if United create, he will score goals. And I think he feels confident in that. I think he just needs everyone to kind of work around him in the attack and then he'll put the cherry on the cake. He's absolutely inevitable. Isn't he? I mean, I was watching, I didn't watch the whole game, but I did tune in for the last 20 because I thought maybe Ireland will hold on here. And then I realised, oh, Ronaldo's still on. And he is just one of those players who's just inevitable. He's done it so many times before that you could see the goal coming. But as soon as he scored the first goal, I, I literally said out loud, he's going to score again. And it, it, and he did. It's just that's it's so Ronaldo, and you United are buying him for that kind of thing. That those moments, I think people have have I've seen uh, different pieces of criticism, positivity around Ronaldo, where 
if you'd have put Ronaldo in that Europa League final team from last season, he wouldn't have done anything. But I, I kind of think that if you, United had a few chances in that game, I feel like he would be the kind of player in those situations who would make a difference. Where do you see him fitting in, Rob? Uh, will he start every game? There's been criticism because he's 36. He doesn't have the legs for the Premier League anymore. What do you think his role will be? Is he going to be an automatic starter every time? Well, he played 97 minutes against the Republic of Ireland. So I think that was a kind of note to see, you know, where his fitness is and what he can do. And he looked pretty comfortable all the way through to the end of the match. Uh, He's going to be a starter. Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be a starter, but I don't think that he will be on the pitch 90 minutes every game all the way through the season. He will be used efficiently, economically and prudently. It has to be like that. He's 36. We saw last year with Cavani that when he had a run of games, his form dipped quite significantly. And when he was allowed to just come off the bench, he was a killer. So what, what do you do? You try and keep him coming off the bench. If you give him 10 matches in a row, he's probably going to pull a muscle. So I think Ronaldo is in exactly the same position is that you've got to look after him. You've got to make sure that, that as much as you pay, play, you know, you play him to win football matches, that you look after him as well at that age. And if you want to kind of, you know, elongate his career, like you've got to look at the Ibrahimovic experiment, year one. Yeah, 10 months, 11 months, fantastic for United, a starter, taking United to finals, his knee explodes. Yeah, you, you don't have to be a doctor or, you know, medic to understand what this means at that age group. So with Ronaldo, that would be the, the worst case scenario, wouldn't it? Is that you bring him back to a football club and you basically hammer him into the ground. So I think if you keep Cavani, which is the, the state of play where we are at the moment with United, you can dovetail the two. You probably start Ronaldo first and have Cavani come in off the bench. But there's going to be plenty of times where that's maybe the other way around. That Cavani starts games, maybe 20 or 30% of the matches, and that Ronaldo comes off the bench. Or you might even give him the night off and put Greenwood through the middle or or play Martial through the middle or Rashford through the middle. You've got options. So Ronaldo's going to be a number nine. That's why he's coming to United, to score goals, to take the club to the next level through his goal scoring. We're not going to see the old lollipops from yesteryear, 12 years ago, taking people on down the outside on the wing. Those days have gone. United don't even play that style of football anymore. So that's, you know, that was 4-4-2 in those days. I think 4-2-3-1 suits Ronaldo. I think he'll do well. And I don't buy into the logic that he made Juventus worse. You know, 81 goals in 98 games. Did he make them worse? Well, maybe to the eye, but statistically, those are huge figures. If he gets eight, if he gets that many goals for United and scores, in, if he plays 100 games for United before he leaves again and he scores 80-odd goals, I think it will be a successful sign-in. I've even seen some people saying, can he break the Premier League or the Wayne Rooney's record at United? I think he's quite a way off that and he is 36. So I would maybe think that's a bit far past him. But you never know. It is it is Cristiano Ronaldo. But that's the kind of thing that motivates him. That's the kind of thing that turns him on. He likes doing stuff that people tell him he can't do. You know, that's how he plays his game. He pushes forward like that and he, he wants to win accolades. And for him to come to United, if he wins a big trophy at United now in his final year or two or however he's long at United, again, it's just proving the legend of Cristiano Ronaldo. And he just, he buys into that. I think more than even Messi, you know, I think Messi, Messi knows he's one of the greats of all time, but Messi doesn't maybe have the same arrogance or, you know, egotistical edge though I'm sure he is quite egotistical but Ronaldo is like the uber when it comes to that he's the guy that really really wants to prove himself you mentioned Mason Greenwood just a couple of minutes ago 
we have touched on this in the last podcast as well, but I've seen, speaking about the wider media again, some criticism on, oh, why are you buying a 36-year-old? It's going to stunt groomer's progress. I th- Rob, talk, talk us through that. I, I don't see it that way. I hope you agree with me. Uh, but I don't see it that way. Do you? No, I don't see it like that way because that's just, again, way too binary. Another one of my favourite terms in football about things being binary or not. Um, Look at it like this. Last year, Manchester United came second in the league. They were 22 goals in their goal difference behind Manchester City, 22. So you can make that up by scoring goals or not conceding goals. So Rafa Varane helps you not concede goals, but you've got to find a way to score more. So if you get that swing of 10 either way, Scott, you're in the conversation. And that's where Manchester United are. Now, look, there's other things at play here. We do know that Cristiano Ronaldo will enable Manchester United to maybe renegotiate their shirt deal, which is something that they want to do in the next year or two. Adidas have made it publicly clear to the world they didn't like the terms of the last agreement, which was around $80 million a season. I think it was $78 million, uh, to be exact. Um, they've already said they don't really want to do that again. Well, I'm telling you this now. They'll do it now. Now they've got Ronaldo with the shirt on there. So United know this. It's not, it's part of it is a commercial um, decision, but if the guy's scoring you lots of goals as well, that's not a bad thing, you know, and, and Ole's going to have to be the guy that finds the balance. So if there's times where maybe Cristiano doesn't benefit the attack because of his style of play, you've got options, go and exercise them. Mason Greenwood is going to start, 30 Premier League games this season. Don't worry about it. He's going to start tons. And training with Ronaldo every day, training with Cavani every day, it can only make you a better footballer. He's a teenager. There is no issue with him sitting on the bench now and then. And he's still going to be dangerous. He's still going to develop. I still think he will become one of the great striking talents in Europe. Oh, I agree with you. I'm I'm seeing a lot of... Oh, he's going to spend a lot of his time on the bench. I don't really think so. he's been, he's in such good form that for me on the right-hand side at the moment, you don't have to have a nailed down 11 of this player plays in this position each time. It's going to change for each Could game. You? But the way that the way that Greenwood is playing and his contribution to the team over the last few weeks, he's going to be in the conversation. He's always going to be there. And for a 19 year old kid, you don't want him starting all the time. So no. it's good for his development. If you need to, there was a period last season, I think we United needed to take him out because maybe he was getting a bit too much and there was stuff off the field and this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good move for Greenwood's career as well. He might not play up front quite as frequently, but there, there'll be times where he will as well. And United do have a lot of options uh, to, to move forward with. And that is going to be the problem, a good problem to have for Ollie and how he decides to work it out. Rob, I think we're going to round up there. Did you want to add anything at the end? No, no, just kind of just to say the Ronaldo question there with that, with Mason, you know, it had Ronaldo gone to Manchester city. Would people be saying, Oh, he's going to take time off Ferran Torres. He's going to take time off Gabriel Jesus. You know, they might not be English, but they're still good young talents coming through for their countries uh, at the, at their football club. Would people have said that? if Ronaldo had gone to City. The truth is, is no, they wouldn't have done. But because it's Manchester United, because it's a story, and because it's easy, it's easy copy, you know, we know how the journalism world works, 
it's just very just you know you take mason you use him in that conversation there is nothing to prove that mason greenwood is not going to play a ton of games this season he's going to play lots of games he's going to be very good and it's about united somehow finding the creativity to make all of these forwards gel and i'm excited about that you know i think some united fans are hesitant and maybe not down on it but but you know, they've read the press, they've read a lot of the rhetoric around this, you know, United are moving away from youth and all of this. It's utter garbage. The plan is the same. It's now up to Ole to make it work. You need experience. And I'm not going to turn down someone like Ronaldo for a year or two because we've saw what Ibrahimovic could do. We've seen what Cavani can do. And, you know, Ronaldo is the next level from those two guys. So if he comes in, scores lots of goals, and then Mason sits on the bench and plays less, then we should really do that because we've hurt. Marcus Rashford by overplaying him. And he's had two very, very serious injuries in the last two years. And the boys played through them. I don't want that for Mason Greenwood. I want Mason having the pressure taken off his shoulders, but actually still learning his craft with the best footballers in the world. Absolutely great place to leave it. Thank you so much, Rob. Just a reminder for you, if you're listening, that we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google uh, Spotify as well. You can get us in all of your regular podcast places. You can also find us on 90min.com embedded in all of the Man United content that we're putting out on there. Um, and you can find us on social as well. We are at underscore Scott Saunders. That's me. At underscore Rob underscore B. And we're also at Promised Land MU on Twitter. We'll be back probably next week at some point to preview the Newcastle game uh, after the international break is done. Ronaldo will miss. He's, he's actually suspended for one of the games, so he could even turn up in Manchester a little bit early. Such a shame. I'm, I was gutted when he got that yellow card for taking his shirt off and showing off his body. Absolutely. Yeah. What will we ever do? Uh, Rob, thank you so much, mate. Been a pleasure again. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. We will be back next week, as I say, to look forward to the Newcastle game. Be well. Um, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.